Hi, this is Megan McHugh, and this is the podcast of Triple R Zero G, a weekly radio show exploring science fiction, fantasy, and historical. Zero G is broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Monday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via our Facebook page or the Triple R website. G'day, welcome aboard the Starship Zero-G, science fiction, fantasy and historical radio for episode number 1298, entitled Jamilton. <laughs> Simple, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yes. And um, speaking as Rob Jan, Rob Simple Jan. <laughs> <laughs> and Megan McHugh. Yes. Our podcast title today is The Spot It of 76, as in the spirit of 1776, which is Hamilton. Mm. So we decided that we'd have a, sh- a crack at this historical musical of mm-hmm. enormous renown, a genuine pop culture phenomenon of great repute and expensive ticket prices. (laughs) Indeed. But now available to the people. I mean, people that have a Disney Plus membership, of course. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, well. So, more streaming. (laughs) Mm, Yes. Here we are again, talking about the stuff on stream. Now, Now, we did say last week, as you may recall, that because we were tilting at windmills with Terry Gilliam's film, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, that we might include some more tracks from that. And since we're talking about the musical Hamilton today, we thought we'd divert back a little bit with The Impossible Dream. Now, this is from the musical The Man of La Mancha originally, but... (laughs) This is being interpreted by none other than Christopher Lee from the metal album Metal Night. This is China Mievel, author of The City and the City, and you're listening to Zero G on 3 Triple R FM, Melbourne. Well, <laughs> a bit of headbanging there with Christopher Lee. Saruman, the... <laughs> Not so nice, Wizard and Dracula, that old bloodsucker there with was it Charlemagne Productions album Metal Night. I don't know, it's just kind of fun. The Impossible Dream there, just riffing off the fact that we talked about Terry Gilliam's The Man Who Killed Don Quixote last week, and The Man of La Mancha, from which that song was taken, is a great musical. And so we're turning to what I actually think is another great musical. In the zero-G vein of historical, we are looking at Hamilton today. Yes. I'm actually very intrigued, Rob, to hear a bit about your sort of uh, relationship with musical theatre, I guess. (laughs) Um, What are your thoughts on it? What have you liked, not liked, seen, not seen? Um, Yeah, I'm curious. Well, I riff through a lot of filmed versions. Mm. of uh, musicals, of stage musicals. So they're not. it's not too surprising that they follow my general interests. So, okay, we've talked more once before about my fetish for armour, all things mm. all things metal. So Camelot, 
fits in with my Arthurian interests as well, and Man of La Mancha. Uh, A funny thing happened on the way to the forum, Roman history. Uh, Cats, (laughs) cats, because I have cats. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of classic ones in there. I'm not so good at ones like uh, Les Mis, which I found lived up to its title. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, shots fired. Um, I do like some parodies too. I liked um, Forbidden Broadway where they where they send up a lot of um, different science fiction uh, themes as well as musicals. I'm not a big mm. Rocky Horror fan. Sure, yeah. Um, because it was like too cool for school and I felt like it was intruding in my, in on my geekdom. (laughs) I've I've mellowed a bit that on on that ever since. Uh, I saw the War of the Worlds musical with um, Jeff Wayne and Chris Thompson and that was awesome. So, you know, they they sort of uh, run through my, my geek interests and also Stephen Sondheim is a favourite. Anything by Sondheim I love. You know, West Side, classics. West Side Story because that's Shakespeare as well. Uh, and um, then you've got a whole bunch of uh, classic movie musicals, um, you know, uh, all of those uh, Sinatra ones from the uh, the 50s with Donald O'Connor in them and a certain number of, um, <laughs> of, of disreputable ones from that era. <laughs> So which, yeah, is, which is why I responded so um, he- so well to uh, the Coen brothers' Hail Caesar. Mm, of course, yeah. That was a really good play on that era, wasn't it? And, of course, Gilbert and Sullivan. I love Gilbert and Sullivan, to whom there is a reference in Hamilton as oh. well. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, George Washington says he's the... Uh, the the modern the model of a oh, that's right. a major general major general yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah that's where I I come from what about you well I'm a big I'm a big musical fan as well I probably growing up I was much more of a musical film kind of person like I saw a lot of you know the classics like Grease and whatnot all of that type of thing I have actually worked at theatre in Melbourne before and so I saw a lot of musicals in real life in the theatre worked on those productions as an usher so that kind of I sort of really appreciated the hard work and the joy of getting that went into those productions and the joy of getting to see that live as well. Yeah. Um, just, you know, there's something about the energy inside the theatre that's really lovely that I don't get tired of, even if I'm ush- ushering the same thing over and over. <laughs> I mean, to a point. I did actually see funny thing happen to the way on the forum uh, in when it was in Melbourne as part of that work. Well, yeah, I, and obviously, I actually did see that, that production. I probably maybe I showed you to your seat before zero G days. How crazy. And so I think, I mean, Hamilton falls into the vein of musicals that I wasn't as familiar with until recently. Things like Les Mis where it's a hundred percent sung and it's all melody and it's all, that is like the entire crux of it. I think when I first saw Les Mis, I was like, so there's no breaks. There's no just like talking. No. To each other just normally and it's like, no, there's not. And that was something that I was obviously used to musical films mostly uh, doing that type of thing, a, a real mixture of of that kind of stuff, um, scene in the rain and all of that, where it's scenes but it's also songs and numbers, whereas this is just our story told through song. So, uh, yeah, I so I love musicals and I think I'm a pretty easy audience for them 
uh, and a really good cracking musical number. Actually, it like makes me feel very happy. It gives me an actual endorphin rush. So, but you know, I've seen uh, Book of Mormon. I really thought was quite funny and well done. Matilda is another favorite. I saw that when that was in Melbourne, and that's a real delight. So, you know, I mean, I'm not saying anything edgy or unusual. Those these are the big ticket musicals that people go and see. But I think they are popular for a reason. Yeah, and this was uh, a even though it was well hyped. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that. Yeah, I really loved it. So. Yeah, me Let's too. delve in. Yeah. Mm. All right, so we did see it on uh, Disney Plus, and it's not actually because, you know, because of uh, Rona, mm, it's, yeah. it's not actually a, a full-on film production, so they haven't expanded the musical into a motion picture, done it as a, as a, a proper uh, movie. So what they've actually done is they've just gone into the theatre and they've essentially filmed a performance in 2016. Uh, with the um, original principal cast in the Richard Rogers Theatre. And uh, this was um, purchased by uh, Disney for $75 million, that that one thing. Yeah, yeah. That's got to be a record for an acquisition. And so because of all of this, they, uh, as you you obviously know, all of the – Broadway, West End, all the touring productions, of which there are many of um, yeah. Hamilton, they're all down. Yeah. So Disney had this and they decided to release it for the 4th of July weekend in the US. Yeah. And here it is, available in Australia. Um, and this is an interesting thing because, uh, as you may know, it's, it's uh, helped fly the flag of Black Lives Matter. Um, there are people who've repeated lines from Hamilton at protests in speeches and so on. So this is a um, one of those interesting times when you get life and art interacting yeah. and reflecting back upon each other. And here we are very far from the origin of those protests and the theme and content of the musical itself in Australia. Yeah. You know, we're right way, way away from all of that, except, of course, we also have our own reasons for supporting Black Lives Matter in Australia. Uh, And in general, of course, this is a movie that's uh, a musical movie that's that's focused very strongly on complete diversification of the cast. It's essentially full of people of colour, and by that I mean African, Latino, Asian, and other Americans. And this is not exactly the first time that's ever been done in a musical. Uh, I'm just 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 spitballing here. If you remember the production of The Wiz, oh yeah, where, uh, yes, where it was a largely African American cast mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, of The Wizard of Oz. And in a in a similar way, this reflects that same kind of diversification. And and I must admit, when I sat down to watch, and I hadn't, and, and like you, I don't think we knew a whole lot about this one before we went in. Um, it's about Alexander Hamilton, obviously. No, nobody else called Hamilton, uh, who was born in 1755 or 57, maybe, uh, and died in 1804, rather abruptly. <laughs> but we won't go mm. too far into that. Uh, he was um, one of the founding fathers, as they say, of the United States. Uh, he was one of the people who 
worked on the U.S. Constitution, not the ship, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the but the really long historical document. So he was actually involved in heavily involved in drafting that, which I didn't know before I'd saw the musical, but by God and King George, now I do know. <laughs> in fact, he's on a banknote too. Um, and he, he was actually going to be dumped off the banknote. In and the then US. his popularity, his stock rose again yes, with in, uh, popular culture. Yeah, inexplicably soared. <laughs> it's his, yes, his stocks rose. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, he was uh, first Secretary of the Treasury of the US. Um, he was working uh, with George Washington's administration, first President of the US, of course. And so this is a, a man who had his finger on the pulse of the beating heart of the American Revolution and the purse strings too, if you want to go into that. Um, he was uh, white. He was an orphan. He came from overseas in uh, Charleston in Nevis. And so when he reached his teens, he went to uh, New York to continue his his, his education. Uh, and he ha- ended up being in the militia in 17... Uh, 76 as the American Revolution cranked off. So this is the um, his story, essentially, uh, mm. told in song and in a particular type of song, which is yeah. to say rap, essentially. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit of a mixture of different genres, but largely it's told through the musical styles are rap, mm. hip-hop, R&B, a bit of jazz, and a little bit of the standards of Broadway musical kinds of tunes as well so there's a bit of a mishmash in there but yes part of it is it's it's an unconventional uh musical style i guess but i mean what is conventional broadway they're doing lots of different things but yes lots of um fast spoken lyrics so okay (laughs) this would not seem to necessarily be a strong premise for a musical you don't find the story of the founding fathers to be automatically engaging, Rob? No, not considering that it's not our founding fathers, and I probably wouldn't mm. be all that interested in ours anyway. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, here we go with this guy. And the creator of it, uh, Lynn manuel Miranda, saw a biography from 2004 about Hamilton by Ron Chernow. And he it just caught his imagination and so he decided to tell Hamilton in his own words as America then as told by America now and I've listened to a few interviews there's a couple of um, Mm. zoom meetings on the Disney plus channel Mm. flanking this um, production and essentially Miranda seems to have been uh, trying to reclaim the story of these old dead white people from hundreds of years ago, basically, and explaining to people that by having a diverse cast, he's saying it's our story too, our founding story for the United States as well. Mm. Plus the, the, the obvious thing, which is often overlooked, that it is a story about an immigrant who makes good. Yeah, yeah. Something that they kind of, it's, a, it's an ongoing note kind of that they hit on throughout the production as well. I mean, it's a story about immigrants and what immigrants can you know Hmm. get done i guess quote unquote so so okay they 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 put all this together and they set it all to music as they say and Mm -hmm. the rest really is is massive history 
relatively recently. And this one is up there, you know, in terms of, um, of being a success. It's like up there with cats. Yeah, well, it's up there with, I mean, the Lion King held of a, held a lot of prior records for Broadway and things like that. But, I mean, I think in terms of a legacy, for sure, we're talking like Cats territory. Mm. makes you wonder what it is about Cats that so, you know, creates its legacy. But, yeah, I mean, it's riddled with award nominations and wins and much mm. beloved by the public as well. And, I mean, it's it's based on the biography uh, that he sort of based it off is a huge tone and the musical, the 46-song musical is also fairly lengthy, two hours and 40 minutes. So they cram in a lot of content in there but, yeah, it ends up being very, very engaging. I just, you, I mean, if you told me 10 years ago I would have been surprised that something like this could really capture the imagination and hearts of the people. Well, I think it, it's obviously travelled well overseas as well in terms of West End productions over in the UK. Um, there was a there was an Australian production plan for next year too. There was in Sydney, yes. yeah. I don't know how that's going to pan out uh, mm. because none of us do. Uh, and the creator of this, Lynn manuel Miranda, he, of course, has his own story uh, of coming from, well, not exactly from another country. Um, Puerto Rico is actually part of the United States, right? So <laughs> at least I think so. Recent statements by a certain president have baffled me and bewildered me. Actually, all statements. By That's the pretty usual. <laughs> yeah, what's new, right? <laughs> what's new? So, okay, Lin-Manuel Miranda, he has got a resume that just mm. boggles the mind. You know, as we were saying, so many nominations and wins for Tony Awards and everything else. But, you know, I mean, he's 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 acted in things, he's written music, uh, he he's just like a renaissance man, really. He is. And in a way, his intellectual accomplishments and artistic ones parallel that of Alexander Hamilton's, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's another sort of link there. But, I mean, he's done, like, hosted Saturday Night Live, uh, he did one of the he did the songs in uh, for Moana, the other yeah. Disney film, um, and he did a lovely collaboration with This American Life as well. It's worth looking up a uh, little musical. And I think he's he's just he's very talented as a mu- music writer. I guess he's a composer. There we go, composer. And the parody um, Twenty One Chump Street. Oh, <laughs> I have to look that up. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I mean, running along this strand. Um, he also has done something that's uh, very much in the zero-G neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, while he was working on Hamilton, because, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, he was working on Star Wars The Force Awakens in, in uh, 2015. So he wrote, a, he did a, a song for Maz Can, Kanata's, oh, this is hard to say in a row, isn't it? For Maz Kanata's Cantina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which of course is obviously a bit of an homage to the original um Mos Eisley spaceport cantina and also went on to work in um the rise of skywalker where he, again he wrote a, another song there but he made a cameo appearance he was um one of the uh the troopers not a not an imperial one a resistance trooper <laughs> so there you are you can't get more famous from that and since we started out with Christopher Lee who played Count Dooku in uh, the earlier Star Wars films, the, the prequels, which we shall not mention. 
yes. <laughs> beyond that, uh, we'll go with this this kind of a variation of that of the uh, the Cantina song that he did, uh, Jabba Flow from a single by Shag Carver and Lin Manuel Miranda from The Force Awakens. This is Carly Chan, author of The Dark Heavens and Journey to Wudang trilogies, and you're listening to Three Triple R FM. Mm, getting in the Jabba Flow there by Shag Carver and Lin Manuel Miranda from Star Wars. <laughs> The Force Awakens, and uh, yeah, I think um, Miranda had to learn Hatties in order oh. to do that. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a trooper, quite quite literally in Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're looking at Hamilton here, the musical that's on Disney Plus. So you can stream it instead of spending considerably more than the ten dollars that Alexander yeah. Hamilton's face is on. <laughs> I will say I think one joy, and I'm sure we'll run through a little bit of um, who these people are in a minute, but the joy of it too is that we get to see the, that original principal cast in those roles. And none of them are, I mean, aside from co- like COVID stuff aside, none of them were still performing in those roles anyway. So it is quite a treat to be able to see them, like Lin-Manuel Miranda in there and just to see those performers. Uh, which I thought was a real treat. So, the the Hamill the Hamill fans. There's mm-hmm. always a name. <laughs> always for the, for the groupies of a of a, a truly great musical. Um, the the Hamill fans would no doubt be able to pick it all over and say, well, at this stage, uh, Anne Nogareira took over was taken. She left the role, and Philippa Sue, who's the mm-hmm. taking the role in this musical. Uh, pick that up and, you know, they'd say, oh, they were off that day for this reason and all that, <laughs> but we're not into that far into it. Um, so, yeah, the person who immediately leaps out in the cast, of course, is Lin-Manuel Miranda, who plays Alexander Hamilton. Mm. So here he is writing the thing and starring in it. But who does he think <laughs> he is? Kenneth Branagh? <laughs> <laughs> can, can Kenneth Branagh sing? I don't know. I must find that out. <laughs> I'm a, I want to go to that place. Okay. So, yeah, and he is, he is enormously good as, as Hamilton. He plays him with nuance and inflection, and you never feel like this is just a sort of a worshipful um, analysis of the, of the man's life and times. You know, he's in there warts and all, and yeah. they, don't, they don't resile from any of that. Uh, although perhaps they don't, they make him maybe a bit more progressive. We'll get into that. He seems to be a little bit more progressive than he was actually in history, and that can be applied to many of the characters in this. There's a bit of an awkward fit, I feel. Some of the sharper edges were kind of blurred to uh, make this production as palatable as possible, and I think most people kind of, you know, they understand that these people weren't probably as progressive as they come off Yeah. here. I mean, after all, most of these characters in uh, these historical characters own slaves themselves. Not all of them, exactly, but mm. they but they were yeah. slave owners, which does add to the irony of the magnificently diverse cast, which mm. is good. Exactly, because, you know, it, it does it does underline that. And it as um, a historian who was looking at the musical was saying, she thought that. Um, yeah, there's lots of things where they depart and fudge things and telescope things in time mm. and just plain make things up at some stages. Um, but the good thing about that in this case is it's all well meant to try and fit it into two, a 
200 bits and bobs hours on stage. Yeah. And sure. also because it means you can have the fun of going and looking it up afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Which which I certainly did. So it's Same. it's an educational musical. Oh my, <laughs> oh my giddy. Don't aunt. say that. It'll scare people away. But no, it, it, it really is. And I think that's the joy of it is that you do, you wonder, oh, did that really happen? Oh, were they still doing these kinds of things in that time? And it does, it's thought provoking. I mean, it's not perfect and no production is going to be able to highlight everything and do everything well and sort of hit the nail on every issue. But I mean, I think what it's trying to do, it does really well. And that's it. It's all about the execution here. And I think the execution is pretty flawless. And Lin-Manuel Miranda, I feel that uh, his performance as Hamilton himself, the way that the production captures that, this particular production style of doing it with cameras as well. Mm. If I was sitting in the theatre, I probably wouldn't have gotten such a great close intensive scrutiny of his character. Uh, so That's, this this is even better, actually, for me. Mm, I think it's very interesting because you do realise, I mean, personally I feel like it's interesting because that's not really how the musical is meant to be watched. There's a lot of things that you're seeing that you're not meant to see, that it's not designed for that. And people over, you have to sort of do things to make sure it reaches the back of the stalls, you know. Yeah. But at first I was a bit like, oh, this feels strange. This isn't how I would normally watch it. It feels a bit unnatural. But then you're right, I did start to appreciate kind of the nuances that it did allow me to see and I think that it's just a different way of enjoying the theatre. Yeah. And by the end of it I was I was more than fine with it, especially because there's so many very magnetic performers in this that getting a closer lens of that can be only a good thing. I mean, you can see the headset mics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And- and and my partner Gail said she spotted a zipper in one of the costumes. Oh, really? Yeah. Eagle eyes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For me, I think I appreciated his performance. I think he was definitely not the standout for me. A couple of the other performers I really thought did a spectacular job and were just magnetic and kind of scene-stealing. Um, so one of them would have been the fellow Leslie Odom Jr., who plays Aaron Burr, who's sort of, you could probably argue this sort of second um, character, the character that's given the second most amount of time uh, on stage. And his voice and I think just kind of what he was projecting on the stage, I really thought he did a lovely job in what's a difficult role. Yeah. And... Yeah, I definitely, for him, he was one of my major standouts and I thought he had really great voice and just really great timing as well. I thought Philip Pursu also had a um, a thankless role as Eliza Hamilton, but she really made that her own. She did. She had so much emotion in it and just, yeah, really lovely, heartfelt performance. And people are still talking about her character's last moments on the stage. Which we yeah. won't we won't go into, but no. But I think there's messages there, and it's lovely. I think that message is a good one. Look, we can't go past uh, Christopher Jackson playing George Washington. Mm. He is he is enormously good in this. He has presence, and he he basically you know okay. So he's one of the big leader characters in this, and then mm-hmm. of course when you contrast him with Mad King George the Third, mm-hmm. <laughs> who they really lean into on. Uh, on, on being the, the potty monarch. So much fun. So Jonathan Groff 
uh, we get to see him in this role, which I think is a real treat because obviously we know him, he's in Frozen. Uh, we covered Mindhunter, which he's in, which is just such a strange diversion. And so we know he's got the chops for this. Mm-hmm. And he is obviously just having a great time, really uh, spitting out those <laughs> song lines. And it's a nice bit of uh, comic relief. And then there's David Diggs. Oh, that's my second scene stealer. Yeah. Love David in this. Our snow, our Snowpiercer guy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's funny because he's playing a revolutionary in Snowpiercer as well. Yeah. <laughs> but he was brilliant. So he played, you know, they all, a lot of them, uh, as is, you know, prone to happen, they'll have kind of a couple of dual roles. And I thought him, everything that he did was spectacular. Yeah. He was just magnetic so brilliant in the role and it made me want to go because I sort of put Snowpiercer aside because I was like, am I in the headspace? But it made me want to go back and watch it just for him. <laughs> well, he plays uh, the Marquis de Lafayette and also Thomas Jefferson and that's an interesting conjunction of roles because Jefferson is famous for going to Paris. So there's um, a, a sort of a meta thing going on with that, which he actually plays up to in in the show. You can see it. Yeah. And he's there with his magnificent dreadlocks at one stage. And I'm, I'm not quite sure what they did. Is he wearing a – I mean, he, he's not wearing the dread he's – not, he's not dreaded at one stage and he's dreaded at another stage. So there must be a wig going on there. Yeah, I'm sure there's all kinds of hair people involved. I think they're all probably <laughs> spending hours in that chair beforehand. Yeah. So, okay, I, I thought that we'd um, have a crack at that. Or actually, the Spamilton cast would. Now, they're the guys who I think they did the uh, Forbidden Broadway thing. So they do send up musicals of Broadway musicals, right? <laughs> and they've got a track called David Diggs, The Fresh Prince of Big Hair. <laughs> Hi, this is Fraser Hines doing my terrible Australian accent. Welcome aboard the Starship Zero G. Triple R. Science fiction, fantasy, and historical radio here with Rob Jan and Megan McHugh. And that was not David Diggs, but the song was called David Diggs, The Fresh Prince of Big Hair from the <laughs> Spamilton Send Up album, original, whatever the hell cast they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there are a lot of parodies and spoofs of Hamilton, considering how successful it's been. It was only natural. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, we were talking about the cast of Hamilton. Um, I actually think they're all pretty much spot on. Oh, amazing. And there's no shoegazers amongst that cast. <laughs> they're all doing something. They're all doing it well. Uh, mm. And, and again, I, I did like the fact that I could really be close up there. I wouldn't have been in the expensive seats myself watching it, but they're all expensive, <laughs> I guess, uh, unless you won the, the lottery because they had a lottery before um, the Hamilton mm. uh, uh, sessions. Now, I think there's some uh, some thematic material we can have a, a quick look at here. Uh, okay, so we've talked about the um, the diversification of the cast of people of colour playing old, dead, white Americans, essentially, and reclaiming mm-hmm. some of that origin story and mythology too, for that matter, mm. reclaiming it more for all of the people of the United States, which I think is a good thing. Um, and, you know, I was listening to an interview with David Diggs before, and he said 
A couple of weeks before he went on in the production, he was thrown up against a fence by a policeman for no good reason. You know, and you just think this stuff was going on back in 1776 and obviously to the other end of the spectrum was slavery. And mm. it's still echoing on down through to today. You know, the, and it's, it, the, the original sin of the United States just has not been dealt with. And it's interesting too, I think, because this the first production, it sort of opened on Broadway in 2015. And so since then we've had Trump's presidency, Brexit, first sort of wave of the Black Lives Matter protests in 2017, and then obviously um, the latest protests in 2020. And, I mean, they shouldn't be waves at all. This should be something that's always in our in our minds and in our consciousness and being talked about. It shouldn't be, uh, oh, it happened in this year and this year. It should be always. But it's very interesting that, you know, this is resonating with people and these movements and so much has happened <laughs> since this was first sort of became, you know, its inception, I suppose, that it's sad to think about how much has changed and how little has changed at the same time. The the creator of Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda, has said it, the the difference between Hamilton during the Obama presidency and the Trump presidency, he said, well, the musical hasn't changed, and he's quite right there. And speaking of which, uh, one further theme, um, which I actually never even thought about, gun violence. Ah, ah, well, yes. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's it's right there. I wouldn't even say it's subtext. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so out there in the open, mm. I actually hadn't thought about it as being an important issue because we're in Australia, so it's not quite as, mm. as major an issue over here. In fact, it's not on our agenda or radar at the moment at all, really. Um, you know, so I thought, and again, there's another reason for it to resonate throughout the United States. And so speaking of, of uh, better presidents, um, I actually would like to play a track here. Oh, we're going to run out of time on the show today. I can see this. We're going to have to roll over some of the Hamilton music too. Um, well, you know what? Let's have some fun. It's pretty, it's pretty weird times out there and we need a bit of joy in our life. And the Hamilton musical does have a lot of joy in it. It has its bleak, bleak blasted moments as well. But it's about, you know, setting up a, a new world. Well, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. That's actually got some problems with it too when you think about it. Um, okay, it's about people revolting against a mad tyrannical leader. There you go. Something we can all get behind. Something we can all get behind. And so speaking of weird times, let's have weird Al Yankovic's The Hamilton Polka. <laughs> so he's having a, a go at um, at it. But he has uh, some form too because he's friends with um, Lin-Manuel Miranda now. So it's all good. <laughs> In the marmalade forest. Forest. Between the make-believe tree. G'day, I'm Brett McKenzie. I played an in elf in Lord of the Rings. My dad played Ellen Dolby King. You're listening to Zero G on Three Triple R. And I have one thing to say. My name is Figwit the Elf. You killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> I hope those traitors over in the United States had a happy Independence Day. <laughs> uh, Weird Al Yankovic with the Hamilton polka. You know, I, I think maybe Hamilton would have played even more successfully if it had all been done in polka. <laughs> but 
we've we've rabbited on a bit today and had some fun with some fun music on a, on a fairly uh, relaxed zero g considering we're talking about the hamilton music musical mm. uh which is on netflix at the moment no nope, it's on disney plus <laughs> oh yes everything is on netflix except for hamilton ah <laughs> uh, yes home of the avengers too actually mm. <laughs> anyway um okay this musical, I, I thought I'd give it a uh, on the yeah, yeah nah maybe rating scale of zero G review gongs. I'd give it a jolly good yes. What? <laughs> As would I. <laughs> and um, I think there's some other elements in it that we could spend so much time talking about. The fact that the the raps are actually very clever and oh, so clever. And I can clearly understand them too, which is not always the case with some rap music for me, at least. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and in this case, I can I grasp every nuance of it as, as it's running along, and some some really cool uh, rhymes in there, and 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 funny puns too. There's, there's some great punning rap battles in there, and of course, they do have rap battles in this. Uh, in, Done so well as well. As the alternative to congressional, boring old congressional hearing speeches. Really wish they'd do that in politics more. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a rap battle there instead of a speech. Um, and there are little moments, of, like the costuming is really good. Uh, it all it all works for both the immense physicality of this musical, mm. although it's not cats, there's still plenty of mo- motion in the, uh, in the, in the, in the choreography. And prolonged too, because these people are working very, very hard throughout the entire yes. story. They're on the ball for that whole production. On that, on that wonderful piece of staging, the double concentric circle roundabout that they've got, which yes. allows them to walk mm. uh, on the spot and seem to be going lots of places, but not actually progressing very far. Uh, it's used quite well in lots of di- different situations to move foreground and background action uh, in an arc across the stage. They've got some because this is a film of the uh, sorry, uh, yeah, well, it's, they filmed the um, original production, so you can see it all as the staging would have been, including um, how do I call this uh, undockable staircases that can roll out from the second level, the mezzanine level of the, of mm. the set. And that works yeah. great too, allows you to get a mm. bit of motion in there. And they used to do things, they did things like that in Le Mis as well in some productions. Yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting too because so much happens but the sets don't change a lot. There's not a lot of actual different locations that we're going to. Like it's not like something like the Book of Mormon where you're constantly going to different locations, different scenes, it's taking you everywhere. This is a very sort of plain but very cleverly planned out stage mm. and I think that works all the better and it works with the choreography so beautifully that it really puts a spotlight on the music and the performances and I think that's the whole point of it. You don't want it to be overshadowed by razzle-dazzle because no. that's not what this is about. And the costumes work extremely well for the dancing um, but not only that, they've actually taken the trouble to reflect the the change in fashions from the Revolutionary War into the later years. Um, mm. There is a change, a definite change in uh, fashion history, and they've actually reflected that. So you do see a progression f- through there. Plus then there's the the, the the lovely bit of nonsense of um, 
having some of the, uh, the 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 female dancers dressed in corsets and men's trousers mm. because they are a part of the ensemble. They're going to have to uh, throw on a frock coat eventually yeah. at some stage. So that works quite well anyway. And uh, another thing I noticed, because some of the women, when they act like men, <laughs> are we really that pompous and arrogant and brutish in our body English? <laughs> I didn't even notice. Yeah, it's it's in the background in some cases, but I'm looking at it thinking, yeah, having a lend. And then I think we probably deserve that. <laughs> so worth worth keeping an eye on, on there. They've obviously put a lot of thought into all of the business in the background in this. Um, and so detailed is the camera work and so close up that you can tell that the wine glasses don't actually have wine in them, but it's painted on or maybe resined on or something like that. You know, so you actually get privilege to see this all up close would it would i consider it as an alternative to a theatrical performance hell no <laughs> I'd, I'd, yeah i'd be sure. in there in seconds to actually see it on stage as well but this makes mm. a great addition to it, mm. it yeah it's and it, it's audacious it's bold it's educational <laughs> <laughs> and and even as an australian very far from the shores of the united states i'm just enjoy i just enjoyed the hell out of this musical about a man of letters and about his wife and his colleagues and the extraordinary contributions to American fiscal policy that he made. <laughs> <laughs> True words have not been spoken. I couldn't say it better, Rob. And and I love that it's accessible. You can, you know, we can watch this, we can have it in our homes. It's a really lovely piece of art. And I think it's it's actually really nice. I mean, Disney paid through the nose for it, but that we're able to access it in some way, shape or form because I think it'll bring a lot of joy to a lot of people and educate them. Yeah, well. yeah. And if it becomes the the uh, the battle song of, of a new era in race relations in the United States, then so be it, mm. you know, and in the world as well because it's not just the United States that has an original sin of, of wiping out both its Indigenous population to, to a great extent when I don't use great in the boastful sense that uh, Mr. 45 would use it, but is in a horrible crime against history and against humanity. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I mean, Australia too has its terrible chapters in its past pres and present, and hopefully if we can all work together, not its future. Exactly. And injustices against immigrants and all kinds of things that, mm. like you said, still exist today very much so. Mm. So. All right, next week we may have a little bit of a tribute to Mr. Morricone, mm. whose passing has greatly impacted Zero-G as fans of his wonderful, wonderful mm. music. Uh, we may also look at uh, Gina Prince Bythewood's new action-adventure movie, The Old Guard, based on Greg Rucker and Leandro Ferdinandez's 2017 comic book. Starring the actress whose name I can never say. Charlize. Mm. <laughs> Theron. Yeah. Charlize Theron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron? Yes, that's it. That's fine. I... We'll practice. We'll practice before next week. Yeah, we will. Okay. And Joe Brunatic coming up next with Astral Glamour. Our outtrack today is Young Americans, since that's what uh, <laughs> Hamilton is generally about, even though it is hundreds of years in the past now. And uh, this is Mr. David Bowie. And thank you, Megan. Thank you, Rob. And thank you to Kayla, our podcaster.
G'day, this is Rob Jan. Thanks for listening to the podcast at Triple R's Zero G, a weekly radio show exploring science fiction, fantasy and historical. Zero G is broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Monday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via our Facebook page or the Triple R website.